Hi, Taisei. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. That, that's great to hear. Anything interesting go on with you this week? Nothing at all. Except for Dallas Stars watching, of that's course. That's right. Bingo. Okay. Four what? games this week. <laughs> I had nothing going on because I was too busy watching all four games of the Dallas Stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, this team's pretty good. This team is pretty good, and I'm, like, fairly convinced. Uh, to give you a tease on what I think is this of the, the first Stars. time ever you're a Dallas Stars believer? I, I wouldn't say believer. I, yeah, you know what? Maybe. Like, I'm, do I think they're a contender? Maybe not necessarily. But I think they're a good team. I think they're bonafide good, and I sure think better of them than I did a week ago. So, uh, yeah, well, how, how shall we get started? Should we dive right in? We should get started by me asking you what you liked of my new way to open the show by, by addressing you directly by your name as a very natural way of letting our new listeners know which one of us is which. Is it natural? I don't know. I think it's just as artificial <laughs> as the previous way. But I guess it's more conversation. Yeah. Know? So, sure. It's great. Thumbs Will we up. stick with this moving forward? Maybe. Or maybe we'll switch it up. But I like it. I like it, though. I think it's my favorite one up until this point. Okay. So. Good, to, good to know. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Maybe I'll surprise you again next week. That's fun. All right. So, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Four games. Who's the, the first one was against the, the fucking Jets. And, uh, yeah, they had the reverse retro. It's like reverse retro. Season. We're like seeing the shit every week now, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And these jerseys stink. Didn't you pick them in our draft? I, not, I hated these. They're, they're not terrible. that bad. They're good. No. They're green. <laughs> green. What is that awful stripe? The awful stripe that goes up the arm, up to the shoulder, and then across. It's terribly unappealing. It's just like it's <laughs> the wrong shade of green for that. But just as a design choice, that shape is awful. And uh, I didn't like it at all. I liked it. Oh, yeah? It's green. <laughs> hey. Green's my favorite color. Yeah. I recall you banging that drum when we were doing the draft. Something about like. When was green. the color draft? That was a, lo- that was a while ago. That was a while it? ago, yeah. But uh, you got some unpopular takes there. Anyways. Anyway. Yeah. Do you want to give the game recap here? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll give a little quick recap of this 5-4 overtime loss for the Dallas Stars. Uh, which actually, this game ended up making some waves around the league a little bit, notably, notably because of the play right near the very end of the third period, uh, which we will get to very momentarily. Um, but the game opened with a Jets goal, Blake Wheeler feeding a, a streaking Cole Perfetti, who uh, goes by the flat-footed <laughs> Yanni Hockenpah. <laughs> uh, but immediately after, Wyatt Johnston, my favorite, off a big rebound on a, a Jamie Benn shot on a 2-on-1, makes it 1-1. I have to say I was very pleased to see Wyatt Johnston score so early into our watching week of Dallas. Yeah, he kept it up, too. He was a bona fide stud. I think he's a real game changer for this team. Game changer? Yeah. Wow. Well, I think this team needed the secondary scoring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the difference this year compared to last year and why I do buy them more than I did, uh, I was surprised by how much secondary scoring they're good. That's part of that is, you know, Jamie Benn looked really good uh, and Tyler Sagan's had a, a bit of a bounce back. But really, you know, it's like him, it's Tyler Andrea and uh, Wyatt Johnson that I found really kind of stepped it up. And yeah, it's like, it's that internal development that they needed to get, to support that top line. And I think it's finally here. And I think that, that bodes great for Dallas. That's exactly what they needed. Yeah. It's funny with, with players like Wyatt Johnson. I don't know if they've had like a change to their scouting department at some point, but they were notorious from probably around 2009 to 2016 or so of just drafting extremely badly in the first round, mostly. Um, there was like Scott Glennie in the top 10 at some point. Jamie Alexiak didn't, well, it took a while to pan out, but it was mostly once he went to Pittsburgh and then came back. Anyway, they didn't draft well. And then all of a sudden, the 2017 draft is where they get Haskin in third overall, Ottinger 26, I think, and Jason Robertson in the second round. So I don't know if there's been a better first two rounds for any team in the entire league in the last 20 years probably be very hard to find one to get you know your best forward who's now playing like a heart trophy winner your best defenseman and your franchise goalie and since then as well you know picking up players like like uh Wyatt Johnston who was actually he was seen uh as a reach when he was drafted in 2021 23rd overall um I don't know if you know like the specific details of like his season but basically he because that was the year where there was no OHL at all so I think all he played that season was like at the under 18s for Canada in like a checking role. And they were, and I guess Dallas was like, oh, he did the checking role well. 
but he didn't have any chance to show the skill, which we believe, I guess, based on previous showings, is there. And then all, as soon as he gets on the ice, you see what this guy maybe should have gone like in the in the top ten if he had had the chance to play a full season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they they've managed to. Part of it is also I think that like team wise, and putting these guys, introducing these guys into the roster, uh, they've done well to kind of put them in a, in a nice role to succeed, whether it's next to Ben or and and just next to each other. Uh, where they're playing like third line minutes, uh, and they're really able to take advantage. Um, so yeah, this was the, I think this line was what it was Ben Johnston and and Delanger that was playing mm-hmm. uh, together for most of the week. I really thought they stood out. Obviously, the top line, uh, you know, with Robertson and everything, so they look great. But you know, this is where I was really surprised because this is not this is clearly not a one line team anymore. I think the second line probably needs an addition of a different player, but this this third line here is really clicking. Yep. Um, and then. After it was 1-1, we get your favorite player, Mikey A. Simon, knocking uh, Ryan Suter <laughs> off the puck. And then it's Lowry to Harkins, goal, 2-1 Winnipeg. And on the power play, it's, uh, Jamie Benn gets a pretty uncontested look, followed by a rebound with uh, Nate Schmidt sliding around the ice helplessly after a, a feed from Jason Robertson. 2-2 in the first period at that point. Yeah. Thought we just... Should we just run through all the the rest of the year? I mean, like... Okay. Yeah. Is that how we want to do things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's rapid fire until we get to the exciting part. Jason Robertson actually appeared to have like scored not long after this, uh, but the puck had hit the mesh. So we got a goal robbed from him. Uh, it should have been even higher. He should be on a 76-goal pace instead of a 75-goal pace. Anyway, not long after, Dylan DeMello shoots from the point, deflected on the way. Uh, Adam Lowry jams in the rebound, and it's 3-2. In the third period, Connor Hellebuck makes a ridiculous stick save on Tyler Sagan after uh, a shot hit the post. Then Kyle Connor flies in and converts on a feed from Pierre-Luc Dubois the other way. 4-2 Jets. Goalie out. Looks like all hope is lost for the Dallas Stars of recovering even a loser point in this game. But no more. Jason Robertson. <laughs> Come to the rescue. First of all, he takes a wrist shot from the point with the intention to score and does it, which is an exceedingly rare trait, a, a, th- a skill that a player can do. And then we have, we have the, other, the other play. So Josh Morrissey shoves Jamie Benn into Hellebuck, uh, into Hellebuck's head, knocking Hellebuck over. His mask comes off. Hellebuck uh, covers his head with his, with his glove and blocker, lying on the ice, leaving the net wide open. Within about four seconds, the puck has been centered out to Jason Robertson, who scores into the open net. Goal stands. There's an outcry from certain layers of fans about and the goalie's mask is off and the play should be called dead right away, uh, no matter what. And when the goalie's injured, the play should be called dead right away, no matter what. And I, first of all, do think this is a clear overcorrection because it's extremely naive to think that goalies wouldn't be diving around. And based on Hellebuck's initial reaction, where it really looked like he was in tremendous distress, but was able to bounce back and be more or less fine, I think we saw that even Hellebuck in this instance, even though that wasn't a rule, was embellishing a little bit to try (laughs) and get get the stoppage, and it ended up totally uh, backfiring. Um, Yeah, yeah, what's your take on things? Yeah, I think... They need to take a look. I think the league needs to take a look at clearly defining what's an imminent chance, right? Because that's the rule yes. right now, right? It's, you know, they won't call it dead uh, if the, you know, the offensive team has an imminent scoring chance. And, like, the key number is, like, that three to four seconds, basically, between when that goalie comes, that goal, the mask comes off behind the net, and then the puck circulates back to Robertson, who can shoot it right in, right? So, yeah, it's one thing if, you know, it's immediate, he's on a breakaway, the helmet comes loose, and then, you know, somebody just jams and rebounds. But in this case, the, the puck had time to circulate all basically across the offensive zone um so you know i think that's 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 really where you need to draw the line i don't think it's there's a, i think the, the rule as it is in terms of if there is an imminent chance for the offensive team you just you, you let it play out and see if there's a goal i think that's fine because you're right if <laughs> if it's immediately right um it you'll you'll just see an epidemic i mean you see that shit with like the the post stuff that you see even with matt murray that we'll get into later it's just like if you don't like the the goalies will do it to take an advantage. They'll take advantage of the rule, uh, especially if they're not. There's no punishment for it, uh, and there isn't a penalty currently. So yeah, like it, it, it it's it's I think is the only point that really needs clarification is is what is that, what constitutes an imminent chance? You know, it's hard to define. 
Oh, I think yeah. it's intentionally vague because it needs to be left up to interpretation in the situation. And I think last year in the playoffs there was uh, a play. It wasn't very similar, but it was similar in the fact that a, in the fact that a goal was scored. I think Darcy Kemper's helmet off, but it was like the helmet was uh, coming off right as a rebound was bouncing out into the open, and Kemper wasn't injured or anything like that, so the goal absolutely would have gone in anyway. I was like, that's clearly imminent. With this one, if Hellebuck had you know not gone down, he would have had plenty of time and a great to you know square up to the shot and potentially make a save. So I think that's where this kind of gray area comes in, and I feel like there's also you know. There's something to be said for I, I think down goes Brown actually made this argument of like, uh, where do like concussion spotters come into this? If you actually do have a situation where like oh you have to call a goal back because it looks like goalie is uh, injured or mask off or both, then all of a sudden you would say that goalie can't play in the game anymore, and that could potentially be a, a decent balance if it were refined a little more. Yeah, but I, I do understand, like, Hellebuck's reaction in that situation. You know, his mask is fully off, right? It's not mm-hmm. like the strap came loose, right? It's yeah. fully off. And, like, what do you expect him to do in that case? Like, you know, I think, like, safety-wise, you bury your head, you know, in, in his equipment. And I think that's a yeah. perfectly reasonable reaction, even if he's not injured. He probably didn't, you know, like, he got run over. But, but like, at the end of the day, like, you know, if, if he had done that completely unhurt, right? I think, you know, players, you don't want to put your face in front of a fucking slap drop to the point. Right. At the same time, so you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a point on the the concussion spotters, and that probably needs to take a look at in terms of being more rigorous in general. But I don't know if an application in this case would make sense because you know I wouldn't blame a goalie for doing what Hellebuck did. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I feel like uh, the conclusion we're kind of coming to is just the kind of thing you just have to accept it's going to happen yeah. probably once or twice a year, and shrug your shoulders and say, "Too bad." Yeah, I, I think it is. It's, it's just it's it's the kind of gray area that it is, and sometimes I think some I think some refs would have called it right. They would have called it dead, and the fucking stars would have been mad, and other refs would have let it play out. It's just that gray area, and you know sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. But I think any correction to the rule, especially if it's like you know immediately blow a dead or whatnot, it's it, it's an overcorrection, and I think it leaves yeah. the room open for exploitation. I think the important thing to note with this particular situation is that the ref's judgment was that it was Morrissey who pushed Ben into the goalie, and that if the play had been blown dead right away, it would have been because uh, the refs would have judged that it was Ben who went into Hellebuck. Right. Um, and I think that would have been the wrong call, but it would have been an explanation for, for that. Right. Uh, whereas the ref clearly saw, like, oh, it was his own teammate's fault that his mask came off, so we're not blowing the play. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, but... It- yeah, I think that's one factor. But like, what if it, what if it like fucking the, the mask came off completely of its own volition? Is is the way I see it, right? It's an equivalent, right? It's as if it just spontaneously came off his head, mm-hmm. uh, since it was like you know his own teammate that kind of incited just it. Just grew legs and walked away. <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, it just uh, it combusted. Um, so I that's that's the way I see it. And I with that evaluation, I think, you know, you just it's the you lean on the imminent thing. Obviously, if it was fucking Ben who took it off, it's goaltender interference. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's the final verdict it's fine well yeah. i think we live with it this shit happens like once every like fucking three years or whatever less than that first time i've heard of it so I think it's well fine. first time you've heard of something as specific as this but right i feel like there's oftentimes a situation like this that arises where a certain sector of fans will be trying to overcorrect for like blowing a play dead right away when there's an injury whatever the situation is um but that clearly wouldn't work Unless everyone was just more honest and they didn't lie and 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 yeah. dive, everyone should just be nicer. Right. right. If only. If, if only. only. And then uh, Josh Morrissey gets yet another breakaway overtime goal, five four game over. Dallas loses, uh, and then they would lose again after that to Colorado, four to one. Would you like to to walk through this one? Sure. What did you think of the Colorado retros? That was. They were mid. Yeah. They're okay. They're yeah, whatever. They're fine. Nothing remarkable. My, my, the first sentence is, Av's jersey is mid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's your take on non what, what, what if this is, I think it looked cool on Nathan McKinnon and not cool on anyone else. <laughs> sure. Do you kind of see, do you kind yeah, of agree? Yeah, I, I get that take. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right. So, uh, yeah, I'll go through the game. First goal of the game was uh, Nathan McKinnon on, on the power play. Uh, this one was kind of on Jamie Ben. He had the puck yeah. uh, ready to clear it. Honestly, he had a two-on-one going if he had really, you know, gotten a go in there. Um, but he just kind of <laughs> fucking fumbled it, whiffed it. Uh, and Nathan McKillen, McKillen, McKinnon took it and, and sniped it. And that was that. Um, yeah, and then two no- Avs made it 2-0 shortly after Josh Manson off a rebound. Bit of a scramble. Uh, after a point shot by Arturi Lekkonen, um, and they kind of left him uncovered as he pinched down. Uh, yeah, I mean there were there were chances the other way, but it was Jamie Ben made it two to one, made up for there on the power play, which uh looks good. Stars power play, I think, is the third best in the league right it's now. It's a great top unit for it's, sure. It's fantastic, and it's just like it's it almost it. I don't know if I've seen a power play like in a while that's good in this way. Um, what do you mean? It it just seems that they seem to they're the they're the best team I've seen at kind of contracting, like making the defense's kind of four man box shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink. Um, mm. where other teams that move the puck well, they'll like zip it around, right? And they'll they'll work around the perimeter and they'll just move it far and get the goalie moving east west. It feels like the stars, their style is just kinda make these accurate passes, but slowly converge on the opponent. Uh and then the end the end is either you have like a, a solid, you know, uh what, like a solid uh, chance up front um, or like a goal mouth scramble. Uh, and it seems like, you know, they convert that really well and good for the stars for figuring that out. Or you get Jason Robertson going, maybe I'll shoot now and it'll go in the net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. But the reason he has so much point, like right. space he, from the point, right, is where he usually he shoots it off in like that high spot mm-hmm. is because the defense is so collapsed. Like Yeah, so he gets a there. closer look. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I thought it was an interesting power play. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it took a deflection off of Ben and that's how it ended up in the net. Uh, let's see. They Avs made a three-one Dryden Hunt, which won by uh, Scott Wedgwood, who was playing here. Well, this this wasn't the illness game, right? He played right. He played against the Blues again because yeah, he did. Andre was sick. Um, and yeah, Lo- Logan O'Connor scored on the rebound off the little rush to make it four-one, and, and that was kind of it. Except for the Jacob McDonald and Luke Glendening fight. <laughs> there were a lot of fights this week. There were a lot of fights for the Stars What's this week. the Stars, huh? Yeah, what, what is with the Stars? Yeah. Uh, the, the one against in the last game against the Ducks was my favorite one. But anyway, we'll get there when we get there. Um, in this game, I think it's also very worth noting, even though they did lose 4-1, they weren't outclassed by Colorado at all. Um, Georgiev was great, I regret to inform you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Dallas had a, a series of great chances on their power plays. Uh, Haskinen... Rang went off the crossbar at a certain point. Um, I think it speaks well to the stars that so far we've talked about two of their losses, and yet we're saying mostly nice things. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, it's it's a nicely well-rounded team. Um, yeah, off to the off to the Blues, where yeah, like I like I said, Jake Ottinger was sick, so it was double the Scott Wedgwood dose this week as you would usually expect. Uh, and uh, yeah, he made a nice save early on uh, on Pavel Buchnevich. You know, nice little diving stop. It was incredible. That was uh, crazy. <laughs> good for him. Shades um, of Tim Thomas. Yeah, just diving around. But uh, and he was good early on too. Blues had some nice chances. But uh, let's see what happened first. Wyatt Johnson. There he is. Scored off uh, off of a counter rush, um, to make it one nothing. Um, then we had Joel Hanley and Nathan Walker have a fight. Yeah. I don't have any notes on this fight. I just wrote that it happened. Do you have any no, no, no. <laughs> same, same here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they were, they were pretty good off the counter. JB Ben had a breakaway that he couldn't convert. Uh, Tidy Landry made a 2 nothing off of a rush. Oh, oh was this a was a nice goal. goal. This yeah. was a sick oh, goal. This was, this was the one where this is, like the third line was looking great all week. And this is the goal where I was like, oh, shit. They, they're really, really clicking. Because, yeah, it was Ben. Johnston and DeAndrea on a rush and tic-tac-toe. just tic tac toe. Just yeah, it was a tic tac toe. The passing was great, but also just how they were like weaving in and out between on that rush was was fantastic. And, like a uh, basketball drill. Yeah, real, real, real great a shit. Um, looked like a first line in that moment. Um, yeah, Scott Wedgwood fucked it up though. Uh, to make it two one. Yeah, he sure did have a bad play, didn't he? Yeah, rough giveaway. To, who was it? Josh Levo <laughs> by the board, and then Brandon Saad tipped it in, made it two to one. Uh, but then, uh, who do you need to close? You get fucking Jason Robertson, uh, to continue. I think he's on some crazy point streak. He ended off the week with a 17 game point streak. Yeah. One behind Marner, I think. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty crazy. That's a wild streak. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was, this is a pretty, pretty solo goal by Jason Robertson. Nice block in the defensive zone. And then, yeah, fast skater. He's really like the, the hit on him 
coming out of his draft year was that he was a bad skater, right? And that really kind of tanked his draft stock. It looks like he's improved. I don't think he's the best skater. Um, but he got beat by Morrissey in, uh, in the overtime. That's true. He, I did note that. That is still his weakness, but I mean. I think it's improved. It's not a complete liability yeah. uh, to that point. Um, and uh, yeah, nice, nice shot uh, from, from, the, from the outside. And uh, it beat, who was it? Was it, uh, who was the Blues goalie this game? It was Bennington. It was Bennington. Okay, beat him clean. Uh, and then uh, Miro Heiskanen. Nice long range empty net goal. All the game, 4 1. Yeah. You know, compared to, it was last week we talked about Columbus, right? Or was it the week before? Hmm. Which bad team did we watch last week? <laughs> anyway, whenever it was. It was Carolina was, last week, right? Yes, it was Carolina yeah, okay. last week. Um, but compared to the Columbus week, I think these games, especially the one against St. Louis, which was scoreless for most, well, not scoreless, which was low score for most of the game, like the third and fourth Dallas goals were near the end. Yeah. Um, uh, it really does show that more goals doesn't necessarily mean more excitement. Because, you know, especially the Dallas-St. Louis game were much higher quality with a low score for most of the game. And with Columbus, it was like, I scored every game was like six four, and we we're like, "This is depressing." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's absolutely right. Um, what do you know? A good team makes the hockey watchable. Yeah, that's it what really it's what it's all about. It, it really it does make a big difference, though. You're <laughs> just just watching the quality of hockey. Um, yeah, the talent makes a whole bunch of difference. Uh, speaking of talent, they were playing the Dallas Stars last night. You mean the Ducks? Uh, the Dallas, the Ducks. That's right, the Anaheim. The Ducks. Dallas Ducks. The Dallas Stars playing the Dallas Stars. Uh, and uh, yeah, this was this was pretty this was clinical. This was the jerseys. Cool. Both jerseys looked nice together. The Dallas with the yeah. Anaheim. It was a nice color palette. Good shit. A one. Uh, and uh, yeah, so this is the Jason Robertson game. The Jason uh, Robertson school. That's Clinic. right. Starts the game. Starts the starts the game off with a. Just the scoring off with a kind of a funky bounce. Did a little wrap around and then shot it off of Akinainen and into the net. Was uh, this intentional? Hmm. I would say probably not, but maybe. I mean, he's good enough to the point. I thought he was trying to send to the puck. I, mean, I think uh, really incredible players like this yeah. can kind of do that kind of thing like accidentally on purpose without even thinking about it. Like, oh yeah, if I throw it off of him, maybe it will bounce in. Yeah, create your own luck kind of thing. Sure. Um, Especially because Vakanine is so bad. <laughs> that too. Who? Yeah, was it was it Gibson or Skibson, right? I forgot. It was Stolars in this oh, game. Okay, it was Stolars. At least it was Stolars by the end of the game. Actually, now that I think of it, maybe was Gibson pulled at some point? No, no, I, I think it was Stolars. You said the whole. I thing. thought yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, it was Stolars. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Ben had a nice scoring chance, and then uh, Mason Marshman and Simon Benoit. Okay, this one had a fight. This is. When people say, I love fighting, which, by the way, I don't love fighting. But yeah. when people say, I love fighting, this is the type of fight they're talking about. This was like classic, you know, Simon Benoit lays a big hit on Wyatt Johnston. Big hit on, on, on the rookie, everyone's favorite young guy. And Mason Marchman, and there's a big scrum, and Marchman shows up, he's in the middle of it. And he's like, coming to the defense of the teenager, right? And this fight seemed more passionate than a typical fight, I think, because, well, you have, you know, Marchman coming to defend the honor of, of everyone's favorite little rookie. And then you have Simon Benoit, who's just so extremely miserable about the state of his <laughs> hockey team in general yeah. and trying to you know let it all out by hitting uh, Wyatt Johnson and punching Mason Marchman. And I think that that showed. That I've, even on the broadcast, they were saying like, whoa, look at those crazy punches or whatever. Yeah, well, good for them. Honestly, all these fights, look, it's, it's a marginal note I would have made mentally. But they all kind of look the same to me, personally. Well, like, oh. Most of the time they do, but this yeah. one I was like, whoa, yeah. they seem like they care. Seems like intense, yeah. No, no, for sure. All right, moving on. Uh, Jason Robertson scored again on the power play uh, from, from the high slot. So this is the kind of goal that we're talking about. Where, you know, you think about like how Carolina, they had a bad power play, right? And we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also try their shots from the, you know, high in the offensive zone. But they never get the screen going, right? And we talked about that last yes. week. But especially Jamie Ben seems to have kind of occupied that role up up there. Um, it always seems like the goalie can't fucking see the puck. Um, either that or he's shifted and there's like half the net open for Robertson to shoot into. So, yeah, no, that's good on the Dallas power play. Uh, Yoel Kiviranta made a 3 nothing, smacked in a, a rebound after uh, Miro Heiskanen took a shot from the point. And then... Uh, Jason Robertson scored exactly the same goal <laughs> yes. to make it four nothing. Uh, just a wrist uh, shot past the screen. Um, that's that's the bit. 
And I want to talk about yep. that that second Robertson goal actually, the one before the hat trick goal looked the sure. same. Um, I think one fascinating thing about Jason Robertson and his new superstar status is that he doesn't even necessarily look that dangerous on the ice. Sure. Right. I, part of it is because he's not the greatest skater, and he, he's very you know unassuming in the way he kind of moves around and looks around. And I did make note of the fact you know there was screen a screen on that shot. There was Jimmy Ben, but there were also like six or so players occupying roughly the shooting lane. Yeah. And it's extremely tough, not only for the goalie to see, but for the shooter to actually get it so cleanly through that many bodies. And he did so extremely easily and banked it in right off the post. An impeccable, perfect shot. It was it was, it was was like a, a mouth-on-the-floor type of moment, really. He did really make it look effortless, too. Like He, he does. It's, does. It's, it's, it's not some sort of lucky bounce or anything. It's just like it, it just a, makes a beeline for, for the empty part of the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really... Crazy. Um, and uh, Wyatt Johnson goes off the score for the week. Embarrassing Nathan <laughs> Beaulieu, who's on the Ducks now, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, nice little dangle in the slot. Made a 5 nothing. Great way to cap off the, cap off the week. Um, Jamie Benn had a penalty shot. That was to no avail. But he's just creating chances. That just goes to show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Jake Ottinger. Yeah, he, he had, like, he faced 30 shots, but it felt relatively quiet for him. But he got a shutout. For him. Shout out for Jake he's been bad and he was bad in fucking November. You, have you, did you see that? I didn't look that closely. No, he was, he was like, he had, he had like the world beating October. We had like a 950 something mm-hmm. save percentage. He was sub 900 in huh. like seven starts. So I knew he was injured for a stretch. No, but even when he was healthy prior to that, um, yeah, 891 in seven starts. So yeah, I guess he's figured it out. Um, maybe it's a month thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's month to month. All right, so obviously the big story with Dallas these days is Jason Robertson, who is second in points in the league behind McDavid, tops in the league in goals. He's scored his 20th, 21st, and 22nd last night. So he's now, I think, at least two ahead of McDavid. Um, he is on a 75-goal pace, as I mentioned before. Does he get there? You know, there's room for improvement in the fact that his ice time is relatively well, right? I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> but he plays like 18 minutes, in the, less than 18 minutes a night on average. Um, where, you know, other superstars, could, you see them playing 20, 20 plus. Forwards, I think it's smart to keep them under 20, especially yeah. for this time of year. That's fair. Or I think all season, he's just kind of your average superstar. And I think that's, that's a credit to the stars. Your for, average superstar. Yeah, your average superstar. But it's a credit to the stars that they can roll out the lines to, to balance it out. Um, but, you know, they want to. He's like, when, and you consider that he's playing less than 18. He's got a crazy goals per 60 rate, so to speak. Um, yeah, I could see it keeping it up. It's just like every—it's not just him, right? The you really think he'll get to seventy-five? Well, not seventy-five, but like you know, more. What, what did Matthew score like sixty-one last year? Matthew's had, I think, exactly sixty. Okay, I could see him passing sixty. He's quite comfortably. I'm gonna say sixty-seven. 67 wow, goals. I was not expecting you to. I thought you were gonna say he'll regress a bit. I'm yeah. always, I've, I've been too optimistic about this type of thing in the past. So I'm gonna guess. Under on your 67. Okay. If what I about, had to what pick... 60? I'll say a 60 on the dot. Okay. All right. Which still makes me a little bit nervous. Because <laughs> even just with something as simple as an injury and you missed two yeah. weeks and everything changes. But I find it's so interesting when a player like this uh, has such, an in- such a kind of unforeseen ascent into superstardom. Uh, as you were kind of talking about, like, you know, he was a second round pick. He was like, you know, a fringe first round kind of guy in his draft year like scored a lot of goals but other weaknesses in his game and you know he makes the nhl and it kind of looked like he starts like oh yeah this guy will become a top six forward he's gonna be good at that everyone kind of just forgets about him and all of a sudden yeah it was like almost a point a game last year and well over a point a game this year and everyone has no choice now but to accept that he's among the the very top tier players yeah reminds me of tate thompson in that way kind of on a higher level yeah well, yeah. well, I think I think the fact that Jason Robertson um is like a, a first line player, which is an understatement, is less surprising than the fact that Tage Thompson did it. That's fair. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I, I definitely see the the comparison though. For sure. No, he looks fantastic. Um all right, just as a whole, uh there was also a report coming out of Dallas this week that they're actively looking for someone on that second line. Um it was like Sagan and Marchman and they've kind of like rotated people around they've moved Sagan to the wing and I think, I think this, this week is really had, kind of the third line it's the third yeah, line yeah I yeah I think 
but they they called it a top six first, and so I think they they internally it looks like they still consider the third line to be the the Ben line, and, and then the second line is the second line. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's really one hole. That and the defense, the defense kind of looked mid. Like obviously, High's gonna look great. Um, but elsewhere, nobody really stood out, uh, and there were kind of you know defensive lapses like Hakampa. He he didn't look great at all, and he had some lapses. Uh, he had, on, on, notably in that first game. Um, but. Yeah, and Ryan Suter didn't look particularly good. He just plays a lot. Um, but he he looks like he's really, really lost a step. So I think the defense, you need to look at some uh, some reinforcement there. And yeah, I guess unless unless Radic facts that really turns it on moving forward and that centering that line, um, that's, that's where to look. I agree with all of that. I think they should try really hard to acquire that top six forward they were talking about. I know Sagan can and has played center. Jamie Ben can and has played center. Delandria can play center too, even though he's on the wing now. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a center. You got to get Radic facts out of that top six, though. Like Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they just put him there, right? Because he had a rough start. But he's not. Nobody... Very, he's not a good player. No, he's not. Gurianov didn't work out there either. And who the the fucking this Matej guy that they started? <laughs> what? Who was he? Fuck. Well, I'll well, find his name. I have no idea who you're talking about. But, oh, oh, Mate Blumel. Yeah, that's this guy. So they're yeah. really just like throwing anything at the wall, trying to find that third forward on that hasn't worked yeah. out since. And as for the defense, yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot impressive going no. on here. Ryan Suter is 37. That four-year deal was always going to be a dumb idea. Um, Lindell is fine, but overpaid as per usual. Uh, so let's take a look at who they may uh acquire as a rental. Sure. This is starting starting to get to that time of year in December where we start looking ahead to the trade deadline. I honestly think Dallas, if they, I guess they're not really in a phase yet where it's smart where they want to be trading all their picks away, because you know the core is still so young. Uh, and honestly, it's probably as soon as like the Ben and Sagan contracts are about to come off the books that they'll be at their peak. Right. So I don't think they want to go balls to the wall this year. But if you can add a piece for not too much. Then, yeah. then it's worth it. I think it's, yeah, especially while you have Pavelski still in the fold and playing at yes. a really high level. He's like 38, 39, right? So, you know, we don't know when the clock stops ticking there uh, on his career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, it's worth an acquisition. But yeah, it's, I think it, it bodes well that for really well for them considering uh, Pavelski's aging out and they don't, they well, prior to the season, they hadn't really found a replacement um, that, you know, you see del- that they really got those those draft picks of developing well to potentially fill that top line role. Yeah, for sure. For some reason, Cap Friendly is not showing me anything when I'm trying to filter by free agents. Um, Oh, I, I don't know why, though. That's weird. What am I doing wrong? Are you trying? Sure, I'll, I'll give it a try. Okay, whatever. Right now, yeah. Cap Friendly is usually, I usually so good at it. Okay, here I am. I'm going to narrate this so that we don't have dead air. Okay, I'm on capfilly.com slash browse slash free dash agents, as like one is often going to. Sure. Expiry status, UFA, expiry year, 2023-24. And now I go update results, and I see zero. Okay, turns out I'm just dumb. And I, and I said the expiry year to one year later when it should have been a year earlier. All right, but looking at this list of pending UFAs, uh, see, okay, see, see, this is this is a dumb list because like Nathan McKinnon's here, but he signed an extension just because his contract is anyway. A name that sticks out, a Dallas may be interested in is Ryan O'Reilly, who's uh picked things up a bit with the Blues. Oh no, wait, actually that's never mind because the Blues are probably not gonna trade him now that they're in the playoff bubble. All right, bad option. Right. Um. Dylan Larkin's a pending UFA? Huh. Yep. That's crazy. He's going to get a, a big pay raise. Horvat. That's an interesting one for everyone who's looking for a center. Is is Dallas at the point where they're going to try to add him to the mix? And I assume sign him long-term as well. Yeah. I think that's uh, if Dallas is really tearing it. Uh, Vancouver's tearing it down. Right, Horvat's like, yeah, right. Besser, like, I always confuse Horvat and Besser. Horvat's the one having a really good... Crazy goal scoring year, right? Besser's picked it up lately too, as well, though. There we go. Um, that's that's another potential candidate. Who else is here? Um, hmm. Yeah, if you really want Sean, Lars Eller. 
Or Sean Monahan. Yeah, Sean Monahan. That's could. a good option. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Actually, speaking of Sean Monahan, because he's been doing so well lately. Yeah. I saw a headline that was like Montreal thinking about not trading him actually because of how good he is. Oh my god. And it's god. like Jesus fucking Christ! I, how stupid do you have to be? Over the summer, we were like, oh, and if he does well with them, even better, and they'll trade him for more. And I can't help but know that that must have been what the front office was thinking. Hopefully he'll succeed, and then we can trade him. And then what, all of a sudden, when the success is right in front of your eyes, they're like, hmm, maybe we don't want to trade him. Maybe it's a negotiation tactic. Maybe. 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 But you know what? I trust the reports. So, you know, there's where there's smoke, there's perhaps some fire. So uh, they might be that dumb. They, they honestly might be drinking themselves that Kool-Aid. It's a great piece for the future or whatnot. How old is oh, he? Yeah. He's like 28. Okay. But like, it's not, not for the core, man. He's not for the core. Yeah. Tell him. My God. What is this? Is Dallas going to acquire Jonathan Taves? <laughs> or or Patrick Kane? Um, those are both too swingy, you know? Too swingy for the fences. But That's true. I could see Dallas I could thinking see they really have it this year and like swinging for it, you know. Yeah, is it the most advisable thing? Maybe not, but I absolutely could see them buying into the bit. And if they want to add a rental defenseman, how about John Klingberg coming back? <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, that's that's certainly an option. Um, who else is gonna be at defenseman? Orlov, that's yeah. an interesting How do name. I filter this by bad teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only. A, we could have done more prep for this. Trick. We'll talk more about this later sure. on. Sure. Anyway, final verdict on Dallas. Actually, before we do that, we should mention that Rupe Hint signed a, a big new deal. Eight years, 8.45 AAV. And the general consensus was good for both sides. Uh, I think, you know, you compare it to other players who've gotten similar deals lately, like. Barzal, for example, who's gotten more. Uh, this is looks pretty nice. And as for Rupe Hins, it's not like the Jack Hughes 8x8 where it's like, oh, you locked up your prime until you're 29 or so. Because uh, Hins is already 26, so this takes him till past his prime. So he gets some security through, through those years of his career. Uh, and I think overall, pretty decent on both ends. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, could, he probably could have pushed for more, both from Dallas. But they were really in a tight cap situation moving forward because of the Ben and Sagan contract. But, you know, if he wanted to use that leverage because he's, like, what, a year out from UFA, he could have. But, you know, the hockey players, they like their stability. They like their fat eight-year contracts. Uh, and, yeah, you're right. He's, he's you know, 26. So he's at that age where, sure, you take your fat contract, you call it a, and you lock up your prime like that. I think that's solid for him. And for the Stars, that's... That's fair market rate for like a bona fide number one center who's bona fide, bona fide, and he is, you know, the engine of your like running the engine of your offense. That is that first line. Um, so feels yeah. like if you turn something into bones, then that thing has become bona fide. Sure, get it, get it. Oh, there we go. It clicked. It clicked. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Another player signed a new deal. This, I, oh, we have to wrap on, on Dallas first, actually, before we get to that. Yeah. So, where do you think they finish in the Central, and what's your final story with them? All right. The final analysis. I mean, let me give me a second while I pull up the standings for the Central. Uh, okay. I think that they look to be the like firmly. I think the second best team in the central right now after Colorado. Um, I don't really believe in the jets. Well, no, I don't, that that's for sure. That's a given at this point for me. I don't believe in the jets. The only question is the wild, you know, can the wild kind of turn it around? But even then, you know, they, I really like the, the way the stars showed their secondary scoring this week. And they seem to be a team that's kind of really rolling, uh, especially, you know, if Andre can pick it up back again, like he played in October, at least half of that will be fine. Uh, so looked like a real solid playoff team. Moving forward, I think uh, it's I buy them because of that third line. Uh, is, I think it makes so much of a difference because compared to last year where I wouldn't have bought them at all. I buy them because of Jason Robertson mostly. <laughs> <But> okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think it, it, it's in they, they work in concert, right? But I think if Robert if, if Robertson was having the season he has right now, um, and that top line is playing like they were, but they didn't have they, they were still like fucking barren. Uh, 
from the second line down, I wouldn't have bought them as much. I still would have thought, you know, one line team. And once you're like, you know, in the playoffs, you know, where you're you're playing the same team over and over, and you can really kind of design these game plans around around shutting down certain players. Um, I could see the stars very, you know, straight straightforwardly exiting the first round, um, because a team managed to clamp down on that first line or at least slow them down. But now, you know, you have that secondary scoring. It's much more. It's much tougher to do that. So, yeah, I, the prognosis I think improves greatly with that third line. I think, yeah, Robertson is key. But honestly, I would say his jump from like obviously he's the you know most important player on the team and whatnot. But like I think the jump from last year to this year of Jason Robertson is less important than the jump from last year to this year of that third line. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Uh, I will say the Jets are actually first in the Central by points percentage right now. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Didn't. And did you also notice Seattle has passed Vegas in terms of points percentage? Seattle is atop the Pacific. Fuck is this? What is this? What is this? Which is insane. It's <laughs> nuts. Uh huh. I think. I mean, we'll talk about this at the end of the episode. Yeah. I want to do the Kraken this week because I feel like some people. I feel like people are kind of afraid to be like, "Look how good the Kraken are," because it felt like, oh, they were just they're just primed to collapse any minute. It's been the opposite. They've get getting better. Now people are finally starting to buzz a bit. Oh, is this for real? Is this for real? But I feel like you and I have to have to make the correct analysis of things and tell the hockey world at large once and for all if the Kraken are to be bought into or not. Just like we did for the Sabres and every other team. But yeah. uh, we will we will do our analysis there. So good. Well, here, look at that. We 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 uh, found our team early on in the episode this yeah. time around. My final thought on Dallas yeah. though is I I don't think they're like a cup contender or anything. Because there's the forward depth is still a little bit in question, and as you say, the defense has has too many holes for my liking. Um, but I think if they continue drafting well, they could get there. I think they're on a on a decent track overall. Yeah, no, I think their core is good, uh, and they've locked them down more or less. I mean, Robertson's only for what four more years, but yeah, before I, he gets a fifteen million dollar <laughs> AAV. He's fucking right. Uh, but in the meantime, he's he's at a bargain, so best to build, and and they have lots of room to grow especially if they can keep drafting like they did. Um, but yeah, I agree. Not not a cup contender quite yet. This is uh, just a very good playoff team, I think. Um, all right. So shall we move on yes. to the uh, other general news of the week? We talked about signing. You want to talk about the Alex Galchenyuk signing? Yes. Rupe Hint was not the only superstar top-line center <laughs> who signed a deal uh, this week. Alex Galchenyuk, uh, the future top-line center of the Montreal Canadiens, savior of the franchise, assigned with the Colorado Avalanche uh, for league men. Actually, don't know for what I'm just assuming sure. it was league men. Yeah, 750, I, had, I think I saw. Yeah, so so there you have it. Um, he was in training camp with Colorado, uh, and apparently they liked him, but he got injured. So now that he's, I think, good to go, they've signed him, and they're bringing him on board. He's joining the team. I, I'm still rooting for him after all this. Uh, so now I actually haven't checked how many teams he's played for. Montreal, traded to Arizona, that's two. Traded to Pittsburgh, traded to Minnesota. Um, then he signed with Ottawa, that's five. Uh, then, but he was traded from Ottawa to Carolina, but didn't play for Carolina before he was traded to Toronto. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it's on, yeah, that's right. I yeah. know the number. I know the number of teams I saw the, in an article. So okay, yeah. So, but at six that he's played for now, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he went back to Arizona last year, played a bit, and now he's in Colorado, which would be his seventh team. Yep. Is that correct? That's right. It's All right. Seventh. Because he didn't uh-huh. play any games with Colorado, right? So this is... You mean Carolina? Colorado. I'm talking about Colorado. Yet, so. Oh, well, not actually, yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even though he signed that PTO. But, uh, yeah. It's That's interesting, because right. like, when he was with the Leafs, and he was playing, I think, with Tavares and Nylander for a stretch, everyone was like, they've solved him. They fixed him. They figured it out. Because he was looking pretty good for like 12 games. <laughs> and then... He yeah. he he did totally blow it for them, and I think game five. Yeah, the uh, Suzuki goal. Yeah, turnover yeah. the yeah to that that two on one, um, and despite that, after the season, Toronto I think offered him a multi year deal of like maybe one and a half AV to nothing crazy, and he was like, no, I think I can do better. And they were like, okay, and then he couldn't, and they signed like Andre <laughs> Kasha instead, and so there was no room left for him, and I'm sure he regrets that Almost because that was a good fit in Toronto for him. Um, but there is certainly a chance something similar could occur in Colorado. Yeah, there's a chance. And we're, yeah, just like you, I'm rooting for him. 
But he did fumble the bag in Toronto, eh? Man, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, he sure did. That is Go a shame um, to put himself in a position to succeed. You got to be greedy, you know? And the market wasn't there. So and here he is continuing to bounce around because of it. You know, for such the sense that everyone has that this guy's <clears throat> a crazy bust, I'm constantly shocked every time. Well, not constantly as a stretch because I don't look at his hockey, <laughs> hockey DB page constantly. But when I see how many career games he's played, because he's already had a career, you know, he's played 645 NHL games. <laughs> is that insane? Yeah, it's nuts. It's insane that he's played that because he had, I mean, more or less six full seasons with Montreal, was injured pretty rarely, and had 60 games with the Coyotes last year. You know, that type of thing. So, I mean, he's played. And that 2012 draft class was so bad that he's still among the top scorers from it. He's uh, he's fifth behind Forsberg, Hurdle, Morgan Riley, Table Teravainen for points <laughs> in that draft. Fifth, Jesus Christ! Well then, what do you know? So that's that. And uh, yeah, there was another signing more relevant to you personally that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, shout out to James Malatesta, Columbus Blue Jackets, a fifth round pick, who is notable for being the son of my dad's coworker. Um, so I actually have. I'm, I think I must have talked about this on the podcast before. Does this sound not familiar to you at all? No, no, it sounds familiar. Yeah, like we talked when we were talking about like degrees of connection with people and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it. I'll tell the story again. Basically, he was leaning towards going to play in college, like college hockey, when he was about 16, until Patrick Roy of the Quebec Remparts uh, invited him to dinner, convinced him to come play for the Remparts, and that's what he did, and that's what he's still doing. He's having a year good enough that CBJ said, "I uh, will sign you to your ELC." So, there you have it. Very nice. Um, okay. So, next on the docket, uh, do we want to talk about some goaltending stuff? Just three interesting, well, two or, two or three interesting goalies. Uh, I just want to shout out Jack Campbell for being terrible. Uh, but then uh, Matt Murray did a thing. Everybody was kind of talking about Matt Murray and knocking the net off. Yeah. Which so is kind of the topic of the week because I think he, I don't remember the team he did it against, but he did it three times. And uh, everybody was kind of up in arm about it. Get it up in arms because he fucking pushed it off with his arms. And uh yeah. terrible. What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh everyone was shoving nets about it. <laughs> yeah, what do you what do you what do you what is your take here? You know, we put this on our agenda to discuss. Yep. Um, but I have to admit now that it is time to talk about it, I am filled with dread and boredom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think we need to this not a whole no, not no. a whole segment. I mean, I said that mostly for the purpose of being like I'm sick of even hearing people talk about this. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Because similarly to what we were talking about with Hellebuck before in the mask off, this is the kind of thing where like every proposed change is bad and there's nothing really I better, I would say, than what we currently have. Because, I mean, you make the net sturdier, then all of a sudden that's incredibly dangerous. And, you know, there were terrible injuries many times in the past. I think Steven Stamkos, who had a really bad leg injury, uh, around 2013 was like the last one that was like, all right, we got to change this. Um, and goalies also, it's odd because you have this kind of thing of like, oh yeah, I'm just pushing off the net like I always do to get my momentum. So it's not accident. I mean, so it's not on purpose that I'm that I'm pushing the net off. But at a certain point, you must know the net's going to come off if you're doing it. Um, so there's a part of me that's like, Oh, this was never a discussion before this week, so it's probably not going to be discussed much moving forward. But I could also see it becoming a real trend among goalies to give it a little bit of an extra shove. And all of a sudden, if this kind of becomes an epidemic, we saw Matt Murray do it, we saw Spencer Knight do it. If other goalies start catching on, um, that then all of a sudden we may have a real problem on our hands. Yeah, I think it's premature to call it an issue. Right, it might. But just, you could see it growing into you, something You could bigger. absolutely could. Yeah, no, it might be that you know, like I know the the net in the the Murray game was like a bit shallow or whatever the fuck, and we have to like dig it out and try to fix it. Um, so it might just be that, and then you combine that with okay, Spencer Knight happened to knock it off, and it was just a, a bad week for the net moorings, you know. Uh, and now everybody's talking about it. Uh, just yeah, something. That, yeah, if it becomes a larger trend, then I think you know solutions or whatnot need to be discussed. Uh, but uh, yeah, for now, all right. There there isn't much else to say. Um, I have a solution. Yeah, let's hear it. You fixate the nets in extremely strongly, but so that it's not dangerous, you use extremely soft material. <laughs> you add a, a foam, like, yeah, like stanchions. Foam, yeah, foam nets that are fixated extremely firmly in place. That if you slide into it, you just kind of bounce off of it. 
Yeah. Eh, I don't know what the safety grade is on that, but uh, well, it's interesting. It's a proposition. Yeah, you would lose everyone's clang off the post sound. Yeah, that's true. Um, and pump. I guess you also do have the possibility of, because uh, yeah, you couldn't I guess have a fixated shape of the net because like a puck would just like hit the post and it would, you know, the net would just kind of like be backwards or you know what I'm saying, right? No, because if if the post is made of foam, holding up my arm now is like a little diagram. Yeah. And a puck hits the post, yeah. the net kind of just like folds in back, you know. The post folds in back? The post kind oh, of... Oh, it doesn't need to be made completely. It can be like, re, you know, like the stanchions right now that they, you know, they fixed after the whole Pacioretty thing. Uh, just put like, I don't know, fucking foam. Cover the net with foam. Oh, so like cover the current net with foam. Yeah, more or less. Or just, you know, you don't have to... Yeah. Yeah. Could, I mean... It could be dangerous though, you know, still, even though, because if it's like really firmly in the ground um, at a high speed collision, all the foam in the world, you know... Makes this foam super soft and strong and thick. <laughs> I think they're working on developing the material for that. Um, yeah, well, there's our idea. There you go. That's for future reference if it becomes an epidemic. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we talked about bad goaltending. There was, like, the game of the week this week. Yeah. Uh, you talk about the Kraken. They were involved. They won the game. Nine to fucking eight <laughs> in overtime. Just uh, a truly uh, a Martin Jones and Jonathan Quick exhibition. Of uh, it's the experience, or uh, no? This was wasn't this Peterson at least for most of the game wasn't quick start of the game. Quick gave up the first five goals. Peterson came uh, in, stunk up the and joint. It was even worse. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then you got fucking sent down. Um, but yeah, Martin Jones wins with a eight goals against and a seven seventy one save percentage. And, Love to see it. Uh, Jonathan Quick ends with a six forty three save percentage, and Cal Peterson had a seven fifty save percentage. <laughs> so three goalies all in their own with a sub seven fifty. Um, yes. just lovely shit. Eight second period goals, just a blast. And then to the aftermath, you have Cal Peterson first year of his five, three year, $5 million contract gets sent down. I mean, this was probably, this was the, the straw that broke the kennels back on the, on just on this guy's year because I, this wasn't just this game. He's had a bad year overall. Yep. Wasn't it like a 10, seven Leafs Red Wings game last year? I think there was. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Anyway. The first time I remember ever hearing of more than eight goals scored in a hockey game was the 11-12 season. It was it was a 9-8 game just like this one between the Flyers and the Jets, and the Jets won. And I remember reading a quote from Ilya Brizgalov after the game, Flyers goalie, basically saying, they scored eight goals and we still lost. It was my fault. Something to that effect, <laughs> which is extremely true. Um, but yeah, similar thing going on here. Uh, and I mean... You look at the Kings, who really they put all their eggs in the Cal Peterson basket with this is our starter, this is our guy. He had played like less than a season at that point when they said, uh, we're, we believe in this one, he's going to be our take the mantle from quick. And he hasn't done anything good since. <laughs> Barely has. And it was also pointed out like Darcy Kemper, Jack Campbell both game, came through the Kings organization and were traded away. Uh, and Cal Peterson is the one they. they chose to stuck with not looking good um i was also i remember like there were some murmurs of like oh maybe they'll want to draft jesper wallstead that year they took brant clark instead which is not a bad pick but i mean uh and you don't want to draft for need especially for goalie when it's that high but uh they don't even really have any encouraging goalie prospects in the pipeline at the moment uh which is too bad for them because they're looking like they're in pretty good shape pretty much everywhere else on their on the roster. So, so what are you thinking? I'm thinking you got to just well, ride it out, but ride it out with who is the question. <laughs> Jonathan Quick. I, yeah, I think you just got to keep... There's nobody else. That's the issue. I mean, you could go out and try to trade somebody, but there's nobody available to trade unless you want, like, James Reimer. Um, I think, you know, you, you, you send him down, let him play some games out, uh, but... He's probably the best available on this team, like him and Quick. You, you split the starts. They suck shit, but it is what it is, you know? I think you've got to try to make a trade. Yeah? Whether it's Reimer or anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess it is too big, too glaring of a hole to... to, yeah. to, to yeah. There's it's no pedigree. both goalies playing terribly. Yeah. This could sink your season. Uh, and the rest... You're still in a playoff spot, I think, right? The Kings yeah. are. Third. So you don't want to let this problem spiral out of control. Here's an interesting thought. What if the Kings uh, try to acquire Alex Nedeljkovic and maybe hope that he bounces back with a new team? Yeah. 
that's a solid proposal. Um, I'm looking at the Kings right now. I think they have the what tied for second most goal scored. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, in the league right now. Yeah, after uh, number one is the Stars. We discovered. Um, and so, yeah, they got the scoring, as you said. The, the, the rest of the, the roster isn't so much of an issue as the sieve. That's Who's last on that. the list of goals scored? Last on the list, um, hmm, might be Chicago. Let me check the Eastern Conference. Okay. It is Chicago, 56. You know, you know the Sabres right now are tied for second. They're tied with... Yeah, I saw. It's nuts. <laughs> Just crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Chicago, 56 goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the equivalent to roughly two and a half Jason Robertson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well done. Yep. Crazy. That's why I had. <laughs> okay, yeah, just for the stat. Just yeah. for the stat. So, uh, yeah, on the Kings, that's uh, an issue, certainly. And, sure uh, is. Deadline, probably them and maybe the Wild out of the playoff teams really need a goalie badly right now. Yes. Um, I think. Who's the Kings' backup now that they waived Cal Peterson? I'm checking. Uh, Phoenix Copley. Oh, this is him again. Born in Alaska. How do you remember that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the fact that I remember about Phoenix Copley. Huh? Uh, isn't he from like the North Pole? Uh, he is. Is it says birthplace North Pole, Alaska, fucking United nuts. States. Let's go. Is that, the, is that a city called North Pole? I don't or is the actual North Pole. <laughs> I don't know. Is the actual well, North Pole is not Alaska. Right. Uh uh-huh. Scott Gomez also is from Alaska. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So Phoenix Copley, this year in the AHL, is a 9-13. Okay. Maybe he's their savior. <laughs> Give maybe him a shot. Maybe he's going to Andrew Hammond this shit. <laughs> maybe. He's got the support for it. Goal support. So, yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right. I think it's time for us to do our draft. Let's do it. Uh, we can't, can't, couldn't think of any good ideas. <laughs> we struggled. <laughs> we settled on body parts. That's right. We're going to draft body parts. Uh, we're going to be specific, but not too specific. For example, I think we'll say you can draft legs, can't draft knees. You can draft eyes, but you can't draft head. That type of thing. Does that sound good? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. All okay. Right. I start, right? Because uh, you kicked my ass in the uh, Monuments draft. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't quite kick your ass. Well, I was like 60%. But I did well. Yeah. And I you, won. You won. Shitty ass draft. Anyways. um, All right. First pick. Gotta pick the hands. <laughs> the hands. The hands. Just the best fucking body part. You do fucking everything with them. <laughs> Imagine if, you know, you lost use of your hands. You'd be sad. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't argue with that. Just the basis for many actions. Mm-hmm. So, there we go. I'm going to take the brain. Okay. <laughs> the brain literally controls the hands. So you lose your brain. Not only do you lose control of the hands, you lose control of everything else. So I feel like this was kind of a cheat code, but it was the obvious first pick. So. Interesting. Well, you know, I don't think you can actively enjoy your brain so much, you know, where it's like... I'm doing it can, right now. Yeah, well... Thanks, brain, that's for allowing me to speak and listen. <laughs> it's because you're thinking about it, you know, but uh, everybody loves a good pair of hands. And how do you think about it? With your brain. It's correct, but you don't appreciate it, you know, so I think... Anyways... Um, moving Did on. you like that that joke? Is like the brain is the only body part that named itself. Ah, congratulations, like, you narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> or like, sure, everyone knows the brain is the most important part of the body, but which part of the body is telling you that? It's <laughs> <laughs> a dumb bit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a funny bit. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, let's see, what's what's a good fucking body part? <laughs> what do I enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> on, a, on a daily basis. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I fucking enjoy on a daily basis. I gotta say, I'm having a hard time uh, with this shit. You know what? My eyes. Love a good pair of eyes. You know, you can see and whatnot. And uh, watch and look. Yep. That's, that's the function. All right. I'm taking the ears. Okay. Ears uh, are great as well as eyes. But I think I actually prefer ears in the sense of listening. Because uh, you can listen to podcasts like you're doing right now, listeners. You can listen to music. You can listen to conversations. And, you know, listening is just, it brings you to, to a whole new world. So there you have it. Ears. Great. <laughs> Congratulations. Nothing, uh, I, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even have any sort of rebuttal that I can generate 
with any of these. Yeah, who's anti-ears? <laughs> no one. That's fucking right. Um, like stop on me taking the mouth. You can eat shit with that, but also you can talk, as I'm doing right now. Who doesn't love to talk? I guess some people, but you know, nobody's got beef with their mouth, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to fucking eat. So <laughs> no one's got beef with their mouth. <laughs> so, there we go. I've got beef with the mouth. Okay. Well. Sometimes you get like a toothache or something. Sure. Sometimes you get an earache. No, you don't. That's your fucking point. <laughs> you yeah, you do. You get a bad ear infection, you know? And no, that's so rare. Sometimes you have a brain ache and your life is over. <laughs> sometimes sometimes people use hands to be violent, so... You know what? Sometimes they do. <laughs> but how do they think of those violent things with their fucking brain? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and how do they watch those violent things happen with their eyes? That's true. <laughs> You're fucking fake. <laughs> Alright, I'm taking the legs. Okay. How do they walk to the scene of violence? <laughs> the legs help people walk around. I walked here with my legs. Um you get from one spot to another with your legs. Um you uh you run with your legs. You got your knees and your legs, so you can bend them to sit down. Uh, our, our, I guess feet are separate from legs, so feet are not counted in legs. Um, so yeah, legs are, are are good, and I'd be so sad without them. <laughs> <laughs> really? No fucking shit. All right. Um, next up, we just fucking look around. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me look around. Let me fucking look around. Yeah. <laughs> What's good? What's good? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I'll take the arms. You know, yeah. like, I, I have the hands. The logical extension is the arms, literally. So, uh, you know, it's good. You can do arms. You can control your hands with your arms and be <laughs> dextile and whatnot. Uh, well, there we go. Yeah, I'm going to take the feet, I guess. <laughs> um, Because as much as, you know, you walk with your legs... You walk with your feet. The feet are really where your entire body weight rests upon. They're the foundation of the whole body alongside the brain, which is kind of more of a metaphorical foundation as opposed to a physical one. Wow. So, so fucking deep. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so there you have it. I took the feet. He's got the foundation. He's got the foundation on the The feet get a bad rap for being a little bit gross yeah, sometimes. They are. But that that's just because, you know, they absorb. They're, they're doing all the hard work, so they're getting sweaty. And then all I have to do so the feet don't stink anymore is to clean them like a normal person. Yeah, but, you know, you can't always clean them is the issue, you know. What are you talking about? No, like, you know, you can clean them regularly. But during the day, you know, like, it's just, it's not a day's work that'll make your feet stink. It's like an hour's work that'll make your feet smell bad. So, you know, that's the, that's the issue. That's the yeah, issue. the feet are absorbing from doing all the hard labor so that the rest of your body doesn't stink too. Everybody's doing hard labor. What's your point? Well, the feet, are, your body weight's on the feet. Sure. They're built for that, though. They're supposed to handle it. And they do, and that's why I picked them. Congratulations. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I will be taking the nose. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why nobody took it up until that. Because I was dumb. fully expecting the nose. You can't taste shit unless your nose fucking works. So if you didn't have a nose, you wouldn't be able to taste anything. It's not even yeah. that important to taste stuff. Sure it is. Okay. All right. Well, I think it is. And, you know, you get to smell stuff, and it's like, it's a, it's a detection system. It's cool. <laughs> you can't see it, so you can detect it with the nose. I'm gonna take the stomach. Okay. Your turn. <laughs> uh yeah, you got nothing, eh? Um, I will be taking Huh. What's left? I feel like I'm out of exterior body parts, so that's like go something. I have to go with an interior organ. There's more exterior stuff. Eh, well, like what, my fucking fingernails. Like what's, what's... Oh, that's part of the hand, you can't yeah. take that. You're right, I already have it. That's excellent. <laughs> this is a big bonus. <laughs> big bonus. Uh I'll go with the lungs. You know, integral for breathing. <laughs> you know, that's cool. Cellular right. respiration and whatnot. Alright. That's your, my, my last pick, I'm gonna take the neck slash throat. Okay. There you have it. That's the end of my body. <laughs> yeah, it's a known vulnerability. Yeah. Do you have any positives to say about the throat? Yes. It's literally where you swallow the food. Yeah, everybody's favorite part of fucking eating is swallowing. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's a that's death a, trap. It's literally a death trap. The food the goes the end along of way. the satisfaction. 
And as for the neck, you know, it's like, it's it's long. <laughs> it connects cool. the head to the rest of the body. Rough. That's rough. So there we go. There you have it. There's our draft. He ended with a fucking neck <laughs> all right. of all body parts. No, the neck slash throat. You're right. Okay. All right, your team. The hands, the eyes. Oh, stop it. What is the this? mouth? Stop it with the attitude, man. The arms, the nose, and the lung. And for my team, we've got the brain, the ears, the legs, the feet, the stomach, and the neck slash throat. Woo! Congratulations. Um, what a what a what an exemplary example. You know what? Sometimes we need a fucking absurd draft. I think. So this was uh. This was uh, that. I didn't realize it would be so absurd until we started. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, but uh, I didn't. I didn't really give this any forethought at all. So I don't think yeah, I predicted. neither. I didn't predict it to be good. I just didn't predict how bad it would be. Well, not bad, just absurd. Um, so we achieved our goal of drafting twelve items. <laughs> <laughs> Take that box off. Yeah, and uh, yeah, please. Need some more topic suggestions. If anybody's got them, send them, and I'll think about some more. Yeah. And three weeks from now, we'll think of something. Yeah. Also, the Kraken uh, only played two games, by the way. I. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that. either I think we should either do next week's episode on Saturday, so we get three games in, or just save the Kraken for the week after. Let's see. Is that Capitals game intriguing enough? Uh, no, not really. It's the Capitals. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's save them for next week. Yeah, okay, so let's find... Uh, Want to do the Kings? Have we done the Kings yeah, yet this year? Yeah, let me check the... Get up close and personal with Jonathan Quick and the rest oh, of the team. Lovely. Uh, Let me open our list of teams. We have never done the Kings. Wow, okay. So, yeah, so they've got look it. three games between now and then against Carolina, Ottawa, and Toronto. That's cool. That's a nice slate. A little bit of an Eastern yeah. adventure for them. That's cool. Although they're home against Carolina, then yeah. up in... That's the start of their Eastern Canada road trip. They'll play Montreal on a Saturday, but we won't talk about that one because it'll be too late. So the Kings next week. Any uh, final thoughts? Any sign-offs? Nope. Nothing from me. You can go ahead. Cool. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fusion. A little shorter than normal. That's okay because last week's was longer than normal. So balancing out the, the universe. You can follow us on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. The poll will be up soon. And you can enjoy the month of December, which is now upon us. The, the holiday season is fast approaching if it's not here already. The end.